my cup. Think to be a decker, most to see clean far them top. Get me pains of lint. Everyone. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold, and I'm so excited about our show this week and next week. It is my friend, uh, Jay McBride. Uh, Today is part one of her interview, and she is just a really wonderful person, really funny comedian, very um, smart and inspirational, and her story, you're going to love it. I know you're going to love it. She's just, she's just a great comic. She's trans and I don't even want to say that because, but it's important and I just, I adore her. So I, I hope you enjoy part one as much as I enjoyed um, interviewing her. There's some stuff that's, that's not easy to listen to. So I just want you to know that. Uh, beware if the kids are in the car which if you have kids and you're listening to my podcast in the car that's a little you know I mean God bless you God bless you so um, sit back relax enjoy ladies gentlemen they thems everyone I am so excited I don't know how much I'll be ringing the Jew bell today but I, if I had an LGBTQ bell plus every other fucking letter in every alphabet around the world, uh, I'd be ringing it a lot today. Today, I have a friend of mine. I, I consider you a friend, Jay. Thank I mean, you. I, I wouldn't call you to help me move, but I would call you if I had. I would call you. I would call you and say, listen, I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that. I, and Jay is a comedian. She is Irish Catholic. Right. Uh, she is from upstate New York. She yeah. had an abusive father. She is the middle child of three. Four. Four? Why did I say? Well, you're the second. You're the second. Second of four. Yep. Second of four. Currently, she is on the road. Where is she right now? I am in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, I read that on your thing. Okay, I just want you I want to say so ladies and gentlemen, Jay McBride's here. And I just want to say, Jay, I used to work in Las Vegas all the time, especially when I lived in LA. I hate it so much. I got to the point where I was working at Bally's. They had a catch rising star in Bally's. And I found out the way to get to the showroom without walking through the casino because I I couldn't take it anymore. I mean, it's like it is you look walk through the casino and you're like, this is why Trump was president. Right. Right. It's just depressing with the fucking people in their scooters because they're morbidly obese with the cigarette, with the ashes hanging at the end, like just putting fucking nickels in the fucking slot. It's just awful. So um, the last time I went. I was like, I, I honestly can't take it anymore. And I there was a Chipotle in the Bally's and I would figure out a way to get there without walking through the casino. I would go to the Chipotle and then I'd go back to my room. And then I was like, I could literally kill myself here, but th- I don't want to because everyone kills herself themselves in Las Vegas. But I got so depressed right. that I won't work there anymore. Chipotle is where most bad ideas come from. I think like sitting in a Chipotle and it's right. That, that's, right. Yeah, you're, you're already questioning your life choices. No, it's, right. The one, uh, so I was here, I was thinking like, you, you know, and, and half the restaurants are closed. And, right. 
And so I, so, but someone's like, oh, you know what? But they have an employee dining room and they gave us this like lanyard. So we can go to the employee dining room. So I went there and uh, I'm cheap enough to think like, that's it. I'll eat there all week. So I went there the first time and it was like this, it, it was at night. It was like pasta, baked potatoes. Uh, so, oh yeah. I've been to the employee dining room. Yeah. Right. So that, but then I thought, well, you know what? Breakfast will be better. I get there as pasta. <laughs> I know because it's 24 hours a day. I, Jay, that's so funny. Cause it just reminds me when I, I would go to Vegas. Um, and after my father died, um, uh, my mother would come with me and we would just do all this fun stuff. We went to Hoover Dam and we, you know, we'd take these stupid makeup classes and we'd go play like $3 blackjack. And, I got to go to the employee dining room and she's like, Oh, Judith, I'll just go to the employee. And she fuck. And it was me and my mother sitting in the fucking employee and they're all in their outfits. Miserable. You know, they're just like, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. And me and my mother, my mother's like, Oh, this is, Oh, this baked potato is terrific. We'll get some veg. And I'm, and, and she's, she was kosher. So it was like, you know, but yeah, it's so depressing in every, and everyone's like, oh, it's fun, it's fun. I can't. And then after that shooting there, I was like, you know what, I'm done. So anyway, I haven't done the Comedy Cellar there, have you? Uh, that's where I'm at now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that's the hotel. I've heard about the hotel. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I mean. I heard. It's the sort of hotel, it's like, I don't want to say it's, it's the sort of hotel where you don't want to walk around barefoot on the carpet. You know? Yes, yes. So, But I'm, a lot of people will stay in other hotels, but I heard. Uh, I I have been on the road for so long that I have been in like motels, like Dallas Buyers Club motels and being a woman on the road, not fucking easy. I can't even imagine being a trans person, uh, a trans woman on the road. It must be even scarier. I mean, I know what it was like in the 80s being you know, alone and then walking into, you don't, Oh, you don't have the condos. We used to fucking walk into these condos. I remember one time, I don't know where I was, New Mexico. I don't know where the fuck I was. I walk into a condo. There's a guy sitting at the kitchen table. I don't even know who the fuck he is. And he's moved in because he lives in his car and he MCs at club, this club chain and gets to live in the condo. So he's already lives there. He's got, a, then I go into um, my room and then there's another guy coming. He was the headliner. Uh, and I'm just like in my room, like shaking in my boots, sharing this fucking condo because, you know, women don't get to work together. We never get to work together. Um, now yeah. we can at certain clubs, but. I grew up in a time in the 80s and 90s and 2000, you know, early aughts where women could not work together. Yeah. And I've heard you mention that in podcasts, too. Like what a boys club this is. Like a ladies night. Right, right. Yeah. Everyone gets 50 bucks and and it's like, you know. Yeah, it's like guys, three guys on a show is a show and three women on a show is like, you know, his hysterical. They're funny, too. Come on, ladies, come out and laugh. It's the worst. Comedy condos, everything I hear, it's like you sit in your room like 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 sure. you're in like some summer camp in a horror movie where you just Oh horrible. Then it, it's horrible. It's it's whatever. So let all right, let's start at the beginning of your life. And you, by the way, I might be Jewish, by the way. I might be part Jewish. What? What I, happened? Uh, my my aunt uh 
I and you did the Jesus pose, right? It's like, yeah, like, baby. Woo. What happened? So uh, my aunt took a D- one of those DNA tests and apparently I am, uh, <laughs> I am like <laughs> hurt my mom's side of the family. Uh, she's like 40% Eastern European Ashkenazi. So what? So that, so that means one of your, your, whose, whose sister is it? My mom's sister. So Which your mom's sister. So that means your mom, mom had a grandparent who, uh, or a parent who was Jewish. Right. And my great grandmother was actually Czechoslovakian. So, oh my God. Like, oh my God. So yeah. you're Jewish. If your mother's a Jew, then you're a Jew. Yeah. I think, she, I mean, she was raised Protestant, but I mean, you know, a lot of us had to hide. Right, exactly. And uh, we changed our religion just to survive. And people are finding out they were Jews. Um, that's crazy. That's why That's why you're good at math. You were a math major, right? And you had a 3.8 average. Um, very. It looks like, like this in the, in the humidity. It right. Like this. That's great. That's right. You have Jew hair. Um, so Jay, you, you are from upstate New York. You are one of four. You are the second child, as we mentioned, all brothers, all brothers, all brothers. Um, it was like, it was like a comedy condo. Right. Yeah. And you, um, were Irish Catholic. Did you guys go to church or? Yeah. Yeah, All the time. Like, like we, I literally was an altar boy. Like people think I'm joking when I say Oh my God. So how was that? I mean, we had this, our priest, it wasn't like a molesty sort of thing. He was just this guy who like probably should have retired, but because no one wants to be a priest unless they're a pedophile, we had this right. like 10 years past his retirement date. Right. He would, he would just sit on stage. He was, he was partially deaf. Stage. Is that what you guys call it? We call it the Bema. <laughs> no, sorry. The altar. And then like, oh, a little, all right. Like, yeah. A little raised up though. There's like a little platform, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Up. Yeah. I'm like with these like soft burps throughout the time. Like it's almost like you're just sitting there, like not quite awake, not quite asleep, just like right. You know, and, and nonstop. And like we would die laughing at this. And and of course our da- dad would look at us like, I'm gonna fucking beat the shit out of you if you laugh one more time. <laughs> and that look like like I am like this close. And uh yeah, it was uh it was good. It was like being a, a waitress for Jesus. Sort of. So, um, so you guys went to church every week, every week. Um, uh, you know, I'm really interested in your childhood. Was it ju- before the age of 12? Of course. Cause we know 12 is a turning point in your life, but before the age of 12, was it sort of this idyllic upstate New York with an abusive father? Uh, or was it, you know, was it just like every average sort of family and was it, was it Albany? It, a little, it was further north of Albany. It was a town. It's about a town of about thirteen hundred people. It was two hours north of Albany, so it was really small. Right, um, and it was. It, I mean, it was. It was very small town. Very. It wasn't. I don't know. I wouldn't call it idyllic necessarily, but it, it was like like we had kindergarten through twelfth grade in one building. Yeah, you know, it was all of us. Twenty six people in my graduating class, uh, and, and it was just really small town. And at the time, like like um, my family was. We started out kind of poor. Then we were fairly well off, and then we sort of tapered off again after my dad died. But um, it, it was, uh, yeah, I know. Boy, I really. How, well, how did? Um, no, how did? Um, so you started out poor, and then he he got a better job. Is that job? He quit drinking, uh, which um, and then then at one point he actually invests. We invest in this um, local grocery store, like this small town market, 
So our family would run that and they owned. Oh, it. that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we were doing pretty well. Like I remember we had, we had a pool and everything, which upstate New York is like, Ooh, a pool. Right. Yeah. 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 But like, it was one of those things, like the four of us, we'd always like, our dad would want us to play sports all the time. And I was the only one that sucked at everything. Right. Yeah. Shocking. So, no. so what, how old were you when your father stopped drinking? Uh, he stopped around, I think I was probably eight, maybe. Oh, nine. eight. Okay. So, yeah. so he was a bad drunk and he stops drinking around eight. Does he become like a religious zealot at that point? Like a lot of people move the addiction to something else, but. Yeah, he was religious the whole time. He, he Like, I mean, my grandmother, um, like his mother was like. Off the were they close by? Were your so, grandparents? Two hours away. Two hours right. away. Right. And so, your mother, was she really into it too? I mean, she converted to Christianity from, or to Catholicism from being a Protestant. Well, we know now. Bing bong. Yeah. Right. Second conversion in just a couple yeah. generations. Hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which... Yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Okay. You're a good student. And so you had small classes. Did you have a lot of friends in the class? Were you like, like before high school, were you, it was just, 
I mean, it's sort of like everyone's sort of, we didn't really have bullies or anything like that. Right, right, right. All to have bullies. It was weird. And we didn't have clicks because we're too small. So I was sort of friendly with everyone, but I didn't really have a lot of people coming over to my house and having a, you know, I go over to a lot of people's houses. That's, Same. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like that, but it, it was, it was fine. Um, for the most, it was just, I mean, obviously the trans things was, was weird. I remember like, I, I would just try to, when I found out how bad it was, like, like, yeah, I was like, I need to. Hide. Yeah. So that's what I, what, like, I wanted, I, I really want people to understand okay. you like, that's, that's why, uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you so badly because, you know, even though you did write an article or a blog for glad, uh, about all the, you know, LGBT comedians who came out on stage before you and didn't mention my name. It's fine. It's fine. Margaret Cho. Uh huh. It's fine. Um, anyway, <laughs> That must be the second article. The first article was all about you. And- Shut the fuck up, Jay. Anyway, <laughs> Jay, I know as a gay, and I've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum that I knew always, I always knew there was something like, what the fuck is going on? And then I realized what it was as an adolescent. What does it feel like to be a child and, you know, not have the words for, wait, I'm, this is not right. This body is not right. What, as a child, what does that feel like? And, and how do you know? Cause this is a phenomenon that I'm so fascinated with the fact that I knew mm-hmm. I was gay lesbian, but I also knew I was, I couldn't tell anyone that right. it was unspeakable. And that is something, you know, intrinsically, even though no one says to you, don't ever talk about this. So those are, yeah. So I want, I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was, it was a sort of thing like this is before the internet. I mean, I know I look like I'm 20 and I've always lived with the internet, but um, right. Just like not, you mentioned me in that article. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, but, but like, it, it was a sort of thing, like I knew something was wrong basically. You know, it's, it's weird. It's almost like, like I, I was like, I remember when I was really little, I actually thought like, Oh, well at some point I'm, I just have to cut off my penis. That, that's right. literally that sort of thing, like, or it'll fall off. And then, or, or so, I mean, but I didn't know what it was. I would just pray to God all the time because I was Catholic. Now. Oh, I'll just pray that I'll wake up and I'll be like, Oh, I'm a girl now, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but it was just the sort of thing that like, I would do little things all the time that people would be like, uh, knock it off, knock it off. And I knew that was wrong. I, re- I remember I was holding my books against my chest once and was like, no girls do it that way. I'm like, Oh, you know, so right. I would freak out over little stuff like that. I think the first time I saw what what being trans was though, was, um, it was like 12 or something like that. Oh yeah. yeah I remember, I, I heard you, you, you were watching like one of these fucking stupid, ridiculous shit. Was it, was it the Asian tranny hookers show or was it a different, it, it was just something like female impersonators or something. Yes. Like they called them at the time and, and yeah, it was on TV and yeah. And, and that was like amazing. I was like, Oh my God, that's, Oh, that's, that's me. And you looked at that and thought that's me. You yeah. know, that is why I don't think, uh, you know, straight people realize how important representation is, how TV is such a, you know, powerful medium. And I remember growing up when there was a Jew on, you know, or a Jewish story or Jewish, you know, my mother's like Jew, non-Jew hates Jews, you know, but it was, it was all about representation and especially for, you know, black people and people of color, you know, 
there was nothing. There was, um, you know, the Jeffersons and, um, you know, whatchamacallit, uh, I can't think cause I'm really oh, one day at a time. And, um, what was the one with the garage? I loved him. Anyway, one day at a time. Wasn't that, uh, not one day at a time. Good times, good times, good times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you probably had a little easier going up Jewish because the Jews control the media. So, you know, right. We do. We actually do. It was it was it's great. And everyone <laughs> loves us. But, you know, this is why this bill, this don't say gay bill, you know, is destructive, because when you're not something, you're not going to become something, you know, they're yeah. not going to stop showing straight people. Like, how is that? Right, of course. Heterosexuality. If you if you go by the letter of the law of the bill. Right. Like so like the Berenstain Bears are a straight couple. Like right. showing that theoretically. Right. Right. But of course, they're going to fucking read that. Right. Book. Right. Because that's. Yeah. You realize. And I and I know this because I know people. I know trans people who. Gross. I know. It's so disgusting. Who were like, no, I was waiting for my boobs to grow in. You know, you you're surrounded by men mostly and your and your mother and your mother. And is there any sort of special relationship with your mother? Do you um, you know, I always thought this is one of my theories and everyone can call me an asshole that, you know, how when when you have uh, a very effeminate male and they really enunciate and I have always thought that's because they identify with the female parent and that's how women speak. Were you a little, were you closer to your mom? Like, how did you get through this? I just, this period up until 12 of you having this fucking secret. Right. I mean, I, I did like a lot of times I would play hooky from school and like just stay home and find all, go through all my mom's stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> like the greatest thing ever. And like, I would definitely like, I wanted to be close to my mom, but I feel like it, it was, it was weird. Like our dad, my dad was really, I don't know. He was this very conservative, like military guy, very Republican, like sort of thing. So if he saw me being feminine at all, he would like, look at it as like, Oh, we need to do something about this. Right. You know? Right. So like whenever, like I would always want to work with my mom at the store. Like we always had to work like, like two of us would work at a time. But, but when he started to see me be more feminine, it's like, no, I'm going to work, work with, with, I'm going to work with him and, and, you know, and the, this way we can be more manly and stuff like that and teach me how to be a man or something. I, I don't right. know. What, so it, it was more just like, this. were those, were those sort of quote unquote bonding moments really uncomfortable for you? Um, they were the worst. They were the worst right. thing ever. Cause like, it wasn't even like a loving thing. It was more like a, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Right. So, right. It was coming from fear, really just fear. 100%. It was like, I was terrified. And, and there were months he would be just so pissed at me. He, like he wouldn't, there would be, I'm, there were times he, he wouldn't speak to me for like two or three months. He wasn't even like at my graduation, he hadn't spoken to me for almost two months. He was just there in the audience. And it was just, it was just like this, my mom gave me a hug and then he's just like shook my hand or something. And I'm like, it was weird. Do you, do you think now that, you know, he's gone, mm-hmm. you know, he knew, I'm sure he knew. Yeah. I think he thought I was gay. Probably. Right. He thought you were gay. And do you think, there was, I know that he was military and, but most people who are really okay with them or comfortable with themselves, don't give a shit. You know, like I had this couple in my audience last night who apparently used to live in my building 
and they were there with their son, Nate, and they're straight people in Provincetown, which I always make fun of because, you know, it used to be all gay here and now we wanted equality. So now they come and did that. So they're at the show, by the way, Jews. And um, I was like, why are you here in Provincetown? And they and and then I find out that their daughter is now uh, Max is now trans is, is now male. Uh-huh. And I said, and you're okay with that? And they're like, we're okay. And my, my the, oh, his grandmother is so thrilled. I mean, it's, you know, it's just, that is so important. Yeah. And here you have this guy, if you had to psychoanalyze him now, would, wouldn't you think maybe he had a little right. homo little, in him? <laughs> a little lift in his step. Yeah. Um, a little lilt in his walk. No. Yeah. I think it was more, he was just this control freak. Like he wanted things a certain way. Certain way. A certain right. Way. Like, I, th- I, I don't know if it was, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think he was depressed. I think for sure. Oh, I, probably. 100% he would be right. right now, you know, um, or, or something stronger, but, uh, like that's probably why he was self-medicating all the time. Right. And I think it was just this whole, like almost, almost a, a, but like he, he was just very controlling. I remember like he made us all play instruments, like musical instruments. And I remember I was in, I think second grade, we cho- chose what instrument we wanted to start with or third grade or whatever. And I, I came home and I said, I want to play the drums. And he, and it, it was this thing. He was like, no, I think, I think your younger brother, Keith is going to be the drum player. You're going to be the saxophonist. So oh, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. So it's like that sort of weird controlling sort of like, I, he, right. Like, I have decided your path before. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So I mean, like, because I didn't fit into that, I think it was just this like constant. Right. Yeah, and and you know, do you still play know. the sax? I did through high school, and I don't want to brag, but I was first uh, saxophone all. Oh, count. really? I was first clar- chair clarinet. Okay, so fuck. We should start a band. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, so you're going through life. You know, this is how you know. The clarinet is the Jewiest instrument. Can we? Oh, please? I know. My mother was like Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman. Um, so, and it sounds Jew. It's very Jew sounding. Um, anyway, so you, you, you're 12 years old. You go to summer camp yes. and where you are, uh, sexually assaulted. Right. Um, how long, first of all, was it, a, it was a sleepaway camp or. It, it was, it was, a, a, um, it was actually the same town I was in, but like, yeah. I, I really, it was, but I was living in the cabins there. Right. Uh, just one week. It was, I was only there for okay, one Okay. So not Jewish. The Jews go away for seven or eight weeks yeah, in the well, summer was, and the Gayam go for one week and they call it sleepaway camp. Okay. Go ahead. Well, the, the guy who molested me, one of them was Jewish. What? He's a Jew. Yeah. I know. One of the, well, so there was a bunch you're saying. There were two of them. Yeah. Okay. And you're, are they older than you? Yes. Yes. There. And, and, um, I found out later he was Jewish. It's not like he wore a yarmulke or anything. But. <laughs> <laughs> or me. Uh, right. Right. He played the clarinet. That's how I know. Yeah, shut up. Uh, I hate you. Okay. So the 12 year old, so these are, these are two guys who are older than you and right. they, they pick you out and they, and did this go on and on? And then they got, they got caught. You had to, you had to, um, go to court, right? You had to testify. Is that. Yeah. How, how do you know all this? I didn't even think, remember talking about this. Yeah. It's okay. Weird, um, Jay, if you ever listen to my podcast, you know that I do intensive 
research on my guests. I can tell. Yeah. Um, okay. Go ahead. No, I, uh, so, so what happened was it was basically in this cabin. Uh, I was the last one to show up because I was only there the last week and everyone else had been there all summer. See, so. the Jews go the whole summer. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> the Catholics. So I don't know. But anyway, what they were doing, they, they were, apparently they had been molesting this one kid all summer. <gasps> apparently, yeah. Yeah. So, so someone like, in your bunk. Uh, in the same, it was like this cabin with like six rooms, essentially. Right. Those two were in it. Um, my friend and this other kid, and they were raping him. It wasn't just molesting. They were raping oh. like, like pretty much all summer. And like, at one point, like the first day I was there, they were like, his name was Johnny. And they're like, Hey, Hey Johnny, come out of the back room. You know, what's up. And so they took him in the back room and, and then he comes out. I was like, what was that? He says, they, they just, he said, he said, they just fucked my ass. And I was like. Oh God. What? You know, and, and that's, that's right. I, I don't even know. I, I didn't even. Right. Like, You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I didn't know anything about sex at all. And I'm like, that, really? That, and the, yeah. And he, I mean, he wasn't lying. He was like, clearly like, this was not fun for him. You know what I mean? Um, and so, so I was like, that, that was, that was weird. And then that night they, uh, I was in my room. They handcuffed him to like one of the rafters on a chair and just started like molesting <gasps> with a broomstick. They were just fucking going at it. And, and it was just, yeah, yeah. It, it was fucking intense. And then the next day they took my friend who I knew he went to the same school, same thing. And then they brought me out. They handcuffed me to him while they <gasps> and like, everyone's like, like, and they're laughing this whole time. Everyone else is like laughing. And I'm like, what how many that? people were there? I just mean, the- I- there were those two doing it. And then there were two of their friends that were watching. Like it was this great thing, you know? Right. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and I had no idea what the fuck this is all about. It was like, I knew it wasn't pleasant and, you know, but they basically was like one of those things where they went down the line and then, and it lasted a week. And, um, afterwards it wasn't even, it was like, you know, and I was thinking like, I guess this is what ice camp is. Did. Yeah. 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 I know. I was like, that, that was summer camp. All right. Yeah. Friday the 13th wasn't that bad after all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that's not, that's, Jason did only murder people. Right. 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 I don't understand. Um, yeah. And then, then I, I, I actually, my older brother, the one I don't talk to oddly enough, I, I said to him, I was like, man, guys are weird. Like how they want to stick broomsticks in everyone in, in people's asses. And like, he knew there was something up. So he told my parents, you know, and then they immediately went to my friend's house and talked to their his parents. And, and they're like, we all knew what happened. And we all went to the police station that night. And it was just like. So crazy. they got the kids. They did. They did. Uh, all four? Uh, the two that watched? The two that did the actual. Yeah. Yeah. The ones who watched, I don't think. I don't even think they were called to testify, quite honestly. Um, wow. And then you went and where did you testify? Like in a courtroom or in a yeah, room room? Uh, county courtroom. Um, and were they there? Yeah. Like I was in the waiting area. One of them literally sat down across from me in, in the waiting area. I was there with my parents. So it wasn't like, and I'm just like, you know, I can't, I can't believe your father didn't beat the fucking shit out of the kid. And were the kid's parents there? Um, I didn't see them, but I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. Um, the like the one of them was out of town was, but the, the one, the Jewish one actually lived in the same town, but didn't go to school. He went to, um, he went to like a private school. Somewhere. Oh, well, I'm sure he did. Yeah. And do you know where they are now? 
No, but I don't think they, I don't think anything happened. I think it was one of those like, boys will be boys, you know. Let's Are not- you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm sure they're like, because they were probably like 16, 17 or something like that. I think it was just like, oh, you know, well, we don't want to ruin their lives over one mistake, that sort of shit, you know? Right. So, um, and actually one of them, when I was a junior, I don't think he didn't recognize me, but he was at the, uh, uh, he went, like he was at, it was, he was in college at the time. He went to my junior prom with one of the people like, yeah. So I saw him there and I was like, because oh. at the time, like now I'm six feet tall. So I was actually right. like, I think like looking at him, I was like, wow, he was, he was so big when I was like, like, right. He's shorter than I am. Right. And it was weird. Like, it's like, but I was still terrified. I, I, I mean, in hindsight, I wish I would have taken a fucking baseball bat. Oh me. yeah. And fucking, did you then get therapy after that or yeah. did no. So it was for, so now you are, you know, that you're in the wrong body. And your body has been uh, assaulted. So that's great. That sounds like, um, I can't believe you're a comedian because ne- this, yeah. Okay. So clearly things are going well. Yeah. So you attempt suicide. Um, was it at 12 that you did it? Or- it wasn't until actually until after college. Okay. Yeah. But it was all a confluence of all this shit. Um, right. Not talking about this. I mean, I know, I know, unfortunately know a lot of, people who have been sexually assaulted because I'm a woman. What do you think that does to your psyche? You know, especially at such a fucking young age when you're not sexual yet, when you're not. Right. It, well, part of it was it like there, it, there was every once in a while I'll, I'll talk about it with someone. Like I was remember the first I was first time I actually really sat down with my younger brother who I'm, I talked to all the time. And I was talking about, it and like I just started tearing up. I didn't realize I wasn't even trying to be like right. Heart, it was just a heartfelt, like yeah, like you know those guys who did <laughs> who did the, right. You know? it, it was it was just like it it eats at you, and then there's this like guilt because I feel like I didn't get it as bad as some right. Like, you know that sort of thing, like that one kid who was constantly being right. Crazy. I was like like I, part of me felt like you know I I shouldn't I shouldn't be upset with anything. I didn't get right. mad as that guy, you know which yeah. Is, that's a Catholic shit or what. Right. Um, but no, it, it was, yeah, it, I was fucking, I was messed up. I, I'm still kind of messed up. I like, well, it, duh. Look I what know. you do for a living. We're all fucked up. What the it's fuck weird. do we do? Yeah. And I can talk about the darkest shit, but, but for some reason I've never, never talked about that on stage. And I, I feel like, part you, of me, you know what you, you've have not been doing comedy that long. Right. Uh, what? 2007 you started or something. Yeah. 2009. Nine. Okay. So that is 11, 12, 13 years, which is nothing. You don't even know what you're doing for 15 years, but you'll get to it. Look where I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a fucking desert. (laughs) No, but it's true. Comics don't know what the fuck they're doing until 10 or 15 years. And then you can sort of, you know, you'll figure it out. Um, Like, I don't even want it. What's what's the point of time? It's weird to think like, well, maybe I can get five minutes out of this. It's like, that's- I know, but that's how we think. People don't understand. That's how comics think. It's like, okay, all right. So those people all died in a plane crash. Okay, what? Okay, let me think. What can I do with that? (laughs) You know? About that. Yeah. No one has done before. You know, knowing that I was going to interview you, I I watched and, and read some interviews and I- I remember, uh, and I watched Sarah McBride, who is a a trans woman who said that she thought about it all the time. Suicide? Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, from, 
forever from, you know, every day day went by and she thought about it and she said it felt like homesickness. Okay. You know, like she wasn't like, you know, that pain of not, you know, being homesick. Well, well, she had it easy too. She had accepting parents. Right. Amateur. Yeah. Um, no, I, I thought it was sort of the thing where, where I was like, yeah, when I finally transitioned, what, what got me there, I was thinking like, yeah, I'd attempted suicide twice. Um, at that point I was saying, Oh, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. I know. (laughs) Well, let me just say, Jay, the world's a better place with you in it. Oh, well, thank you. But, um, but no, don't tell anyone I said that. I don't know. Um, uh, now I, I, some like, I was thinking like, well, like I can either go through my life hoping to die at some point early, you know, like get in a car crash or like, uh, like uh, every time I was like on a bus thing, like, man, wouldn't it be great if we just drove off a cliff <laughs> Get like that? And I was saying like, well, or, or I mean, is there anything worse than that? Why don't I just at least try to see if I can transition, if right? Can, you know, not be a fucking murdered in the street, you know, right. See, at least give my, give myself that opportunity to try it. And, um, so that's why I did it. And then, and of course to, to transition, you need to go to the therapist like that. Is oh possible. yeah. You have to go through, but to buy a gun, you don't no, to buy right. a gun. You don't, you can just go buy the gun. I, so I, I done my surgery with a shotgun, it would have been so much easier. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, your, your grandmother had 10 kids, right? Yeah. And one of them is a priest or yes. was a priest. A priest. Do you speak to that one? No, no. He's the worst. He's the worst. I, I, yeah, of course. I check on his Facebook page. It'll be like retweeting Tucker Carlson and shit like oh, that. Oh God. And you know, he's gay. Oh, he, no. Well, he actually, he's, he's not. Here's, here's why I know because he joined the priesthood because out of guilt for paying for his girlfriend's abortion. That's why oh. he joined. And when he was a priest, uh, he impregnated a married parishioner and the church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, piece of shit. And the church said, all right, well, obviously we can't abort this child, you know, cause we're the church, but, uh, you can either leave the priesthood and take care of this child or we'll pay for everything and move you to another parish. So he moved to another parish and the church is now paying for this kid. And it's just no like, fucking way. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they have, like, Oh my God, such hypocrites. They have, su- they have like a fund for priests to impregnate women too. They have like this giant, like, I don't understand how the priest, how the Catholic church still has money with all the fuck, all the raped older boys, crazy bastard child. (laughs) You went to, it's horrible. You went to college now, high school. Did you go to the prom and everything? I did. I didn't go to the prom. I did go to the prom. It was terrible. It was terrible. I, when I, I was, uh, I remember I was like working and one of, one of my, someone from the class above me was there. And then this, a girl walked by and, and, uh, that I knew, obviously we all knew a small town. He says, Oh, she's not bad. I was like, Oh, okay. I'll ask her. It's the problem. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I got a gray tuxedo. My mom thought for the longest time that that was a sign that I was trans because I didn't get a black tuxedo. Oh my God. I should have known, uh, because it was a silver toe. What color tie? Red. And what did you have like that fluffy poof shirt underneath? No, 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 oh, no. it was after that. It was, I think okay. it was red, maybe it was a silver tie. I don't know, but yeah. I did have a color that I know. Oh, nice. Okay. You go to college, you go to SUNY Albany, you study mathematics. Your family, by the way, very into education, very into, 
you know, sports and funny. You said your family was funny. I heard you say that. And I was like, well, that's, you know, my family, we didn't hug, but we, if someone made a clever comment, it was like a hug, you know? Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. You make someone laugh. It was like, that yeah, was like, that was like, all right. All right. Um, so but no, but first I went to Clarkson, which is a t- an engineering school in upstate right. New York. Yeah. And then you went to SUNY Albany SUNY and you were going to be an engineer yes. and then you left. Then I left. Yeah. That's like Elisa, my, my lava. She got into Tufts engineering. She was there for a semester and then switched majors to economics. Um, and to this day, whenever anything has to be put together or anything, she's like, I went to, I got into Tufts engineering. I went to, I'm like, you were there a, for a fucking semester in 1979. Shut the fuck up right. and read that's the goddamn one, directions. That's one season. It's like, right. Like, it's not, a, yeah. Yeah. But I went to engineering school. I took, uh, I was there for two years at Clarkson before I went to transfer to SUNY Albany. And, uh, took physics three twice. <gasps> and then I was like, Oh, that which is nuclear physics. I was like, yeah, this isn't. This yeah. Isn't. Yeah. Me too. I took nuclear physics. Not. Um, oh, I flunked you, it both times. So you're in college, you graduate, you transition in 2007, correct? Yeah. Um, but you prior to that now, is your father alive during this time? No, no your father's dead. So you feel a little freer, right? I, your jokes about your dad are fucking hilarious, by the way. The Christmas joke is fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's one of my that, favorite jokes. That, yeah. Can you say yeah, it? Uh, sure, sure. My dad died around Christmas time, which was tough. I didn't know what to ask for because I already got what I wanted. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking great joke. Okay. So many that uh, I had that were so much worse, too. Um, right. Really dark shit, too. Yeah. But. No, I love them. They're fucking great. So... It's 2007 and your work, you're a manager at Borders Books. Yes. Yes. And they were very nice. And and that's when you decided that I have to transition. Now, how do you make, do you get to a point where you're just like, I, I can't do this anymore? How do you, and before, you know, it's two, how can I ask how old you were in 2007? Yeah. Uh, I was 15 years younger than I am now. <laughs> You're such a fucking asshole. 40s. In, the, in my 40s. Okay. You're in your 40s. Okay. Well, was You're like, such like every fucking woman. I'm the only woman is like, I'm 59. I'm going to be 60. Um, So how do you deal with it? Do you go to gay bars, trans bars? Do you dress up at night? Do you have this other life? How do you deal with who you are? Yeah. I, I mean, I really, I really didn't go out to bars. I didn't do anything. I pretty much just... uh occasionally I would like buy some clothes and I would dress up once in a while. And then I, that would just make me more depressed. And then I just throw it all away, you know, and then I buy it again. And I think it was, um, I actually, but I was in therapy the whole time. Like I knew, like I knew I wanted to, but I was just in therapy anyway, just thinking like, all right, well, let's see what happens, you know? Um, and, and uh, the therapy was, she eventually got me there. What really, what really did, I went to this, um, there was like this conference of like, like trans people, like they had conferences where that was like, and, and you go there and, and now when you go, it's like 90% cross dressers, you know, versus trans people, you know, just people who just, they can't do, they have no outlet whatsoever to dress up. So right. this is the only chance they have and they go there. And, and I remember it, like I was there and I was thinking like, you know, actually like living like what it would be like if I were trans for like the whole weekend. I was like this, I can do this. And, and then I would also see people who like clearly wanted to transition, but can't. So they would just like, at the end of the weekend, they, these, they would just break down in tears and just like, like, 
it would be the same thing. And like, again, it was, it was like, what are the, what are my options? You know, am I going to try and kill myself again and get it right? Or am I, what am I going to do? And I couldn't, you can't marry someone. There's no way I was going to marry someone. And then if tran- what transition and say like, why don't you still love me? It's like, right. Well, what the fuck don't you think, you, you know? Yeah. Um, and I definitely wouldn't want kids and bring them down with me too. Right. It's, about like what, what really is the future of my life to be miserable or to actually try it. So it's so, it's so interesting. Cause I mean, there is a parallel with the gays. Cause I remember when I did Rosie's, when they did the family, Rosie's family cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all these people with kids get LGBTQ people. Well, there's no Q LGBT people with kids. And, um, for a lot of them that, that week, on that ship was the only time they could be out. It's, it's like the way Provincetown was in the eighties and nineties, you know, you would see people for one week being able to hold their, their partner's hand or, um, and then have to go back to this fucking world of being hidden and hidden. And it's just, it's awful. I mean, my school, my gym teacher was fired for being a lesbian. That's how, like, that's that's not that long ago. I mean, think about it. That's crazy. Every fucking female gym teacher is a fucking lesbian. Hello? Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with the one and only Jay McBride, who I, I, I know you love as much as I do now that you've heard part one. Part two is, of course, next week, and it's it's just fascinating. I, I, she's great. Uh, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast and my life would not be possible without the help and love and loyalty of Brittany Jo Sowards, who is married. If you like the show, please don't forget to subscribe. Please leave a review. Please tell your friends about it. Please, five stars. Please, 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 please. I need to keep doing this because I love it. I love it, but I can't do it. Unless you guys listen and tell, I mean, I'm not allowed to say guys, but you know what I mean. Um, listen and tell your friend. Um, buy my book. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Come see me in Provincetown. I will be back in Provincetown. Let me just tell you about some of the gigs I have coming up, baby. Because right now I'm in Eretz Yisrael, also known as Israel. Yeah, Israel. So let's just, uh, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, August 2nd and 3rd, the Art House in Provincetown. I am going to be at the mansion in uh, Saratoga Springs on August 18th, the Art House, again, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays in August. So if you're on the Cape or if you're near Saratoga Springs, come see me because I'm funny. I'm a funny girl. And that's it. Thank you uh, for listening. I'm really, yeah, I really loved, I loved this episode. I love next week and I I love you for listening and and listening to the end because if you are listening to the end, you have as much mental illness as I have, okay? Because I'm annoying. I'm already annoying myself. Oh, I will tell you that I did make some delicious swordfish steaks on the grill and then I took the leftovers and made a swordfish sandwich and it was so delicious. So um, if you're hungry, have some swordfish. What else? Um, I hope you have a good week and it's event free. Like, no, what do you say? An uneventful. I hope it's uneventful as far as negativity is concerned. But who the fuck knows with what's going on in this country? I'm going to say something positive. Okay, let me do that. Okay, I can't. So literally, uh, I love you for listening to the end. I love you for, you know, supporting my podcast. 
tune in next week. It's also fantastic. And um, I love you, period. And as we always say, so long! Ha <laughs> ha!